Hi guys, it's your boy here. What's going on? What's going on? What's popping? Uh, Jared Atkins coming to you solo. Uh, I just uh, I just talked to Kirk Kelly. Uh, we are on set to record Saturday, which will be our first time recording in almost three weeks because we had holidays coming up and the you know, kids' weekend, and I had my nice vacation to Alabama. Uh, for five days over 4th of July weekend. Uh, and we're set to record and we're going to do our first Super Bowl episode. We've had some football episodes. We've done a lot of World Series. Uh, but we've never done just a plain Super Bowl. And uh, as I had stated in our last episode that we did together, it was going to be a total surprise. Kurt and I, and, and true to Steel Toes and Scoreboards format, Kurt and I... Uh, fly by the seat of our pants a lot of times uh I'm, I'm good with a lot of prep work but sometimes i drop the ball and um i just talked to kurt a little bit ago and was like hey dude we still haven't picked our super bowl yet we kept throwing out suggestions and uh like i said you know my sports knowledge and kurt's i'm real but you know real good at remembering things i mean i can recall an entire wrestling pay-per-view from 2003 but uh I'm not real good with remembering a lot of the Super Bowl numbers, uh, who played who. So uh, I felt like I told Kurt, I was like, we either got to pick one tonight so I can get some notes done or we're just going to press record and whatever happens, happens. And uh, Kurt didn't feel like doing a shoot Saturday night, so he said, all right, throw me five Super Bowl numbers and I'll pick one. And uh, Kurt picked one of the numbers I threw out, and uh, that's the one we're going to do. Uh, I wish I could tell you something, but I don't want to ruin the surprise. It's it's a it's a more modern. I shouldn't say more modern. It's a uh, I would say it's it's uh, probably mid nineties to mid two thousand, so somewhere in that ten year period. I'm pretty sure. But anyways, uh, so. We'll look forward to that. But no, I just wanted to get on a little bit. I've been in the mood to record so much here lately, and I haven't had time. Uh, we are, uh, I'm sitting at my kitchen table right now on my laptop, which I rarely gets used now that I have the, the desktop for work, but I still need the laptop. Uh, this is what made me and Kirk this podcast. This, this was the first computer, uh, this was the only computer I had for almost a year, over a year until I got my work computer, but... Uh, it ain't much. It's a little bitty notebook. It's only sitting on 64, I think, or maybe 32, but I got it. We put her to it and it gets her done. But, uh, I'm looking at, uh, I'm, I'm actually pulling something up on the podcast right now here. Uh, we are statistically coming off our worst month ever. I guess, uh, if, let me, let me look at some, uh, statistics here. I'd like to look. Uh, we had a couple of downloads yesterday. That's interesting. 
Somebody listened to Waco yesterday. Oh, we had two of them the other day. Uh, another Waco. Interesting. All right. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm getting at here is uh, if I look, I can look all time. Originally, November... Um, November was our worst statistical month. November, we had 37 downloads for the month of November. And we only put out one new episode in November. Now, uh, we, uh, last month, June was our worst, 34 episodes, or 34 downloads, uh, in the month of June. So, uh, just, it was a hard month. It was a really, really hard month to get anything done. We were super busy in June. Uh, I would like to thank our biggest supporters real fast. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just, a bunch of shit I want to talk about. And I've been itching to record. Uh, but I would like to thank, uh, our loyal supporters. There's, besides Indiana, and obviously Indiana's, I mean, local, we're based in Indiana. We get a lot of, listens there but aside from our home state of indiana our three biggest supporters whoever uh come out of the states of ohio maryland and georgia every month and i'm looking back at our all-time downloads and uh it's it's pretty impressive uh maryland uh georgia and ohio so anyways i like to thank every one of you guys for supporting us listening to the stupid bullshit that we talk about uh, whether it's sports on our scoreboard side of things, whether it's anything else on our steel toes side of things. So I'd like to thank you guys for that. But no, uh, I've, I've really been getting the itch to start. Like I said, I've got multiple podcasts that I'm uh, going to be a part of, supposed to launch this year, and I'm getting fidgety. I, I really want to get started on these. I really want to start on the wrestling podcast the most because that's all I want to talk about is professional wrestling. That's what I, that's my biggest love. Like that's since I've been three years old. You know, when you're three years old, that's when you really start to get some of your first memories that you can retain. And most of those from three years old, a few of them are wrestling related memories. So, you know, um, and then the, the 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 second biggest one I'm most excited about the true crime podcast is still in the work, but that's kind of down to number three now. Like I said, I've put out a couple of feelers to some of my female friends because I really want a male female dichotomy on this. Um, I just for whatever reason I want that. Uh, we don't really have a definite. Name. We're working toward it, but the second one I'm building towards is you know I've been active again in Freemasonry because that's been a huge part of my life growing up and then I you know I went away for eight years and then came back but that's in the works that's coming uh the guy I'm going to do this with is a guy that lives a few minutes from me he's a member of the lodge I'm in uh but he's had all summer's been dominated by his daughter's uh summer athletics and everything once that gets nipped in the bud here when school starts uh we're going to try to record once a month or twice a month, and maybe two or three episodes at a time. That way, I can get them in the canon, set the release date to go. But so, other than that, I I don't really know. I just I really was just on the having the itch to get on here and, and talk a little news. So I might kind of do a current events myself. One, uh, 
of course, you know, I'm, it's it's hard to to watch a lot of wrestling anymore. I'm so busy. It's hard to watch sports anymore. But even though I'm not watching shit, I'm consistently keeping an eye on the headlines that come across, the push notifications on my phone, what I can hear on sports talk radio or podcasts or, you know. So I'm always in tune. I have an inkling of what's going on, although I'm not always watching. And one of the things that popped across me uh, today was the fact that Rashard Anderson passed away. And you're like, who the fuck is Rashard Anderson? Uh, when I first really started getting into football was probably like 95, 96. So I was, you know, seven, eight years old. And then by the time 2000 rolled around, I was 13 years old in the year 2000. So I'm really into it. Rashard Anderson was a, was the guy that played for Carolina. He was a first round draft pick in the 2000 NFL draft. Uh, he passed away, uh, Yesterday or today, uh, he played for uh, Jackson State University. Is that where Dion's coaching now? I don't know. Anyways, the cause of death's not known, but he he played uh, defensive back, specifically corner. Uh, he was part of the, he was uh, he should have been part of the uh, Panthers team that played in the Super Bowl, although. Uh, he made nine starts for the Panthers over his career. He got suspended for the entire the entirety of the 2003 NFL season for violating the substance abuse policy, and he never played another down of professional football again in the NFL. Uh, anyways, that, that's one of the things that stuck out to me. And another thing that stuck out to me, too, was um, the tight end out of Oregon. I don't know if you guys have heard this story, but they're – Young man, tight end out of Oregon, was 22 years old. Uh, he tragically died in a. Uh, the fuck would you call it? I, I guess a recreational accident. Maybe uh, I got a push notification from ESPN or Bleacher Report or something today, and uh, well, let me. See. I'm sitting here at the computer. Let me just pull it up right here. Yeah, right, right there it is. So yeah, he, it was a recreational accident. He uh, he fell and hit his head. I guess he was uh, cliff jumping and, and diving in this uh, river and uh, everything, and fell and hit his head. And twenty two years old, that's whole life is ahead of him. He's playing Division One collegiate football. Or obviously, not every guy goes to play professional ball when you're a D1 athlete in any sport, but obviously the, the idea is always in your mind. Uh, I mean, he was going to be a, a fifth-year senior at Oregon this year, but I, I guess they were out just, you know, enjoying the summer, cliff jumping and and stuff. Uh, so... At the time of his death, this young man, his young name was Spencer Webb, by the way. He was 22 years old. Uh, coming out of high school, he was the number one ranked tight end in the state of California. So, obviously, with things like that, I think you're going to go play in the NFL. But, anyways, that's pretty, pretty tragic. Um,. 
And I guess I need to address the elephant in the room since I'm not starting the pro wrestling podcast yet. Which, by the way, uh, once again, for the few people that listen, I put feelers out there all the time. I get a couple people that might be interested, but nobody ever, nobody ever fucking calls. Nobody ever texts. It's just more like, a, yeah, I might be into that, and then I never hear from them again. And once again, I don't. We do not have to be location based. I'm telling you right now, and all my podcasts right now are strictly audio. There's no video side. I'm not set up for video. I could be, honestly, but if I want to do it, I want to do it the right way. So I'm looking at shelling out a few hundred bucks more for equipment if I do video. Everything's audio. I've got this adapter. It's paid dividends for me and Kurt. I plug this into the pod track. I just need a phone number. Or I can do it on my phone and put you on Skype. And you can look at me, nobody will ever see it recorded, and it'll pick up your audio clear. But anyways, uh, there, there, there is a shit ton of uh, news about pro wrestling right now, specifically World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE, the world leader in professional wrestling. I still don't, I call it sports entertainment sometimes, but it's always going to be pro wrestling to me. There, there's a bunch to unpack because it, it's huge news. Obviously, uh, for those of you living under a rock, who don't care about pro wrestling. Uh, it's still major news. Uh, the mo- the head mafia Don, Don Corleone, uh, the, head, the head of professional wrestling, the seat at the table, the godfather, God himself, God himself, Vince McMahon, is under so much fire in the last two and a half, three weeks. Ever since a Wall Street Journal article came out alleging that he paid hush money to a woman. Um, he paid hush money to a woman. As sexual allegations, uh, relationship as far as I know was consensual, but it was still, he took funds from the company, which is his company, although they are now a publicly traded company and they have been a publicly traded company. Since the fall of 1999, I remember vividly in sixth grade, we were doing a project with the stock market. That was my first introduction to it. I remember because my ass, head was at my ass, everything was wrestling related, watching them become professional, uh, becoming a publicly traded company. When you become a publicly traded company, it don't matter that you're still the owner. You have shareholders. You have board members. Even though you can have the controlling stake, you've got to answer questions. And he took money illegally paid this woman off for you know sex and everything and she was an employee so then wall street journal uncovered it a whole bunch of articles started coming out then more articles come out that alleged over a period of 10 or 15 years he was guilty of uh some sexual acts that were of course they say guilty of course this is america you know knock on wood still innocent until proven guilty uh but there was some sexual acts with female talent that were non-consensual or sexual acts with female staffers that were non-consensual, which would indicate possible rape or whatever, sexual assault. There was some that came out that were consensual. More articles have uncovered, and now we're up to millions and do- millions of dollars over several women who, you know, would try to further their career in business, and he would be like, hey... <laughs> Blow me and we'll talk, you know, and just it, it, it's open. It's it's open such a mess that literally the professional wrestling world, whether you're talent, 
business or fans, the professional wrestling world, as far as my knowledge from what I can see on Twitter, what I can see on Reddit, what I can see on Facebook, is pretty much split 50-50 with 50% of the people saying, fuck this guy, I hope he fucking croaks and dies, and the other 50% saying, you know, this is Vince McMahon, you know, nothing's going to happen with this. I made the mistake myself, I put out on Twitter uh, several weeks ago when this first came out, <coughs> I put out a bad tweet. And I can't believe I'm even having to address this, but I put out a, bat, a, a pretty insensitive tweet. I put out a pretty shitty tweet, actually, uh, talking about how, you know, nothing's going to happen. He's the most powerful man in wrestling. He's he's God in the wrestling business. That's what he is. And this in this business that I love more than anything, this man is God. He's always been God. Nothing's going to happen to him. And, of course, you know, it is 2022. I need to be more open to how people feel. I need to think about the things that people go through. That was deemed insensitive by a lot of people. A lot of people unfollowed me. Some people tweeted back at me. I got into a pissing contest before I finally was like, look, what I meant to say was that, and, and I've gotten in trouble with so many, I've gotten in trouble so much this year, not just with Vince McMahon, quick sidebar, but I've gotten so much trouble this year with people that know me personally, and people that just follow me on social media. Because my thought process is kind of like Trump and uh, January 6th. We don't talk politics, but fuck it. My show, Kurt's not here tonight to push me away from it. I'm going to do it real quick. Kind of like Trump, January 6th. Famous people and celebrities, rich people, famous people, celebrity people, are not held to the same standards that people like you and I are. That was all that I had meant by that tweet about Vince McMahon. Basically, is about nothing is going to happen to this man. This is going to blow over. He'll still be in power. That's what I really believe at the end of the day. What he did, I don't excuse it. Do I believe Vince McMahon? Vince McMahon has, more, has so much money. He has so much power. Do I believe he pressured women into giving him a couple blowmies? Yeah. Do I believe that some women, whether they were on-air talent that you'd see in the ring, backstage staffers, People setting up at the corporate tower, Titan Towers in Stamford, Connecticut, trying to further their career. They just wanted to, a little bump in pay to feel appreciated. They want to do things the right way. Do I believe he was like, you come down here and let me lick on that click. Sorry. You know, it shouldn't be that graphic. Let me lick on that click and, uh, you know, we'll talk about it. Do I believe he did? Fuck yeah, he did because he's a rich, white, powerful man. That's what they do. It's not right, but that's what happens a lot. That's what they do. Do I believe it happened? Yeah. Is it right? Fuck no, it's not right. But all I was simply saying was that I don't believe things are going to happen. And my part of the internet exploded. So I had to send out a, a correction statement on that. Uh, do damage control. And eventually about 75% of the people forgave me. Some of the followers came back. I'm very active on Twitter at the Atkins Asylum, especially with wrestling, with me doing work on the side for thing, you know, but anyways. Uh, so then he steps down from the board of control, uh, steps down as CEO. Um, his daughter, Stephanie, is essentially taking over operations right now. This was a move, I believe, to pacify the board of directors. Essentially, they're in the public eye and they're a publicly traded company. But at the end of the day, he's still coming out on TV a few times and kind of like peacocking. 
I believe this is more or less just for looks and show. I believe under the table without anybody watching. His daughter's he's talking to his daughter every day, telling her the things to do and say. But this is a, an ongoing developing story. And as I said, just within the last week or two more information came out. And I don't have I don't want to fucking dig into all that and dig it all up. But here's the dude. This is a 76-year-old man. Uh, he hired a form. You know, th- I should, this all started with the story coming out about a 41-year-old former staff member. She was making $100,000 a year. He gave her a raise to $200,000 after uh, this consensual. It's important to note, the first one we're talking about, to the best of my knowledge, was consensual. He gave her a raise after the, the sexual relationship started. And then when he was done with her, uh, he passed her off to other people in the company, quote-unquote, like a toy. And that opened the floodgates. And it's interesting to me because I sit there and think, how did these stories leak out? How does this information get out? And... Uh, the guy's 76 years old. And it's funny because um, for, for years, and this is the wrestling part of me right here talking. For years, word has got out that Vince has been so out of touch with what professional wrestling fans want. And I, and I, and I will say, the product has become harder to watch the last 10 years probably. For me, it's been about 10 years. Going back to 2012. Uh... I mean, there's good storylines and good. There's there's good athletes. The storylines, the the product is it, it's just become a little stale, and a lot of that based around them changing the image and, and it's you know TV PG right now, which apparently there's talks about it moving back to a PG or back to a TV 14 for adults. But the PG era, there's no blood in wrestling. There's no cuss. No, nothing could be the 90s. God damn it! Is that not going to be a focal point of my wrestling pocket? How much I miss the 90s. I miss the 90s for everything in life, but especially with the wrestling. Everything was so fucking edgy. There was colorful language. There was colorful, as in blood. Uh, it was all tits and ass shit, you know, whatever, whatever. Just everything was edgy. We're not living in edgy times anymore. Yeah, I respect that. But at any rate, a lot of people are talking like how... how apropos is this that this will be something that finally takes this man and makes him go away if you go as far as I know investigations are being going on with the company right now I don't know as far as the legal ramifications other than uh, honestly I, I, sh- I want to come to you with all my facts but I was I, I didn't even realize I was doing this till like 20 minutes ago so uh, I don't know if there's more lawsuits coming if an actual lawsuit has been started so far it's just millions of dollars of hush payments but whatever uh what what happens next remains to be seen could this take this son of a bitch down and we never see him again if it is it'd be funny that this 76 year old man's penis is what did him in uh but there's also some more wwe news too uh you guys know how i feel about jake and logan logan jake paul you know they're 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 rich now. They're famous for literally being famous. That's what they're famous for. They're famous for being famous. Well, 
Logan, who appeared at WrestleMania, and uh, if you look at what Logan's role is, his title, he's he's an uh, social media influencer. That's pretty much what you'd call him. He has signed a multi-event deal with the WWE. So... God, it's a good vape. So, <laughs> as if this son of a bitch didn't need any more ego, as if he didn't need any more money, uh, he signed a, a multi-event deal. So he will make uh, he'll make appearances on TV for like Raw or SmackDown. I don't know if he'll do live events. Uh, but he'll definitely do multiple uh, pay-per-view, or excuse me, they're premium live events now. WWE does not like to use the term pay-per-view anymore. They're premium live events, but apparently he's booked for several premium live events. Uh, SummerSlam is coming up in... Uh, SummerSlam is coming up in a few weeks. I suspect he'll be there, uh, especially uh, after he was called out on Monday Night Raw uh, a few weeks ago. So he he should be there. Uh, SummerSlam is uh, their second biggest event of the year in terms of uh, you know revenue and whatnot. There's WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and then it's argued back and forth between people what's number three, whether it's Survivor Series in November or. Where Rumble in January, but so WWE's making all kind of headlines there. So yeah, uh, there's so much more with this Vince McMahon story, and that I want to get into. But it's 2022 now, and I have to choose words carefully. And after getting burned last time, we're just posting an opinion again. Not saying I agree with anything. If the son of a bitch, if if there was sexual assault and none of it was consensual, then he needs to be punished. There's no doubt about that. But, again, it's where I fucked up. Rich people, celebrity people, famous people, are never held to the same standards as what we are. Yeah, every once in a while, maybe one out of every ten is. But for the most part, these people have enough money to buy themselves out of trouble. They have enough fancy lawyers to get judges to look the other way. They, uh, Yeah, there's cases where some people fuck go to jail. Cosby goes to jail. OJ goes to jail for robbery. Uh, obviously not the big one he should have went to jail for. Uh, obviously, and they're, they're, fuck right there's a case in point. They're not held to the same standards we are. OJ knifed his wife and her husband and her boyfriend. Right there. What the fuck? How does that not prove everything I was just saying? But anyways, ah, uh, so keep your eyes peeled because I, I will be releasing. The pro wrestling podcast, and and it'll be, it's 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 coming. I'm tired of waiting. It's coming, and there'll be, uh, 
what are we talking, dissect things that's ongoing and news and we'll look at recaps and career retrospectives and everything. Well, I'm just kind of browsing the computer here. Now I'll bring this up to see if there's anything I want to talk about since uh, these weeknight episodes are just kind of meant to be just talking about whatever. Uh, I haven't, oh my god, this might be the, this almost was the first episode I ain't said shit about boxing in a while, but, uh, so much for that, right? I mean, there's something, there was something about boxing, oh yeah, it was Jake Paul, he's gonna take on ramen soon, which, honestly, I don't want to talk about Jake at all. I actually have a clip of Jake. I wonder if you guys can pick this up here. Uh, he's talking. Let me let me see if I can uh, find it. Here. I don't own any of the rights to any of this audio I'm about to play. All the sources and copyrights and everything goes where they want to go. But since I was already talking about Logan and I hate these guys, maybe I should go ahead and talk about this. So I don't know if you can pick this up or not. No, you can't. That's okay. He's just talking about this upcoming fight and everything. Fuck it. Uh, something else. Uh, I don't really have, like I said, I don't really have format for tonight. I didn't even know I was doing this till like 10 till 5. Uh, but I was just, I've been in the mood to record. It's been so long. You know, I was talking to Kurt and I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to do a solo shot tonight. Talking about whatever. I, I do not have my equipment set out, as I've mentioned numerous times. Uh, one of the sweetest things I love about our, our hosting is that uh, I have the app on my phone as well because the app allows me to record 90-minute episodes on my phone as well, which is great for those days when I'm lazy and don't want to take the 15 or 20 minutes it takes to get all my equipment set up. Plus, it uploads a hell of a lot faster on my phone than going through the computer and mixing it. Anyways, I'm, I'm rambling. Uh, but a couple things, that, like I said, there was a couple things I wanted to touch on. It was kind of similar to our weeknight format a little bit. And one of the things I wanted to touch on was the past story uh, that Kurt and I had brought up uh, a couple months back. And that was about the uh, Henry Ruggs. I mean, what a tragic story to... Henry Ruggs, uh, I had him in fantasy football. He was the Raiders wide receiver, uh, Henry Ruggs III, that killed a woman and her dog in a horrific, fiery automobile crash in Vegas back in November. Uh, For those of you that might not know the story or might not remember the story, uh, late one evening, uh, the... Ruggs, who's who was a starting wide receiver, sometimes spent time in the slot. Uh, starting wide receiver for for the Raiders, he was driving through the streets of Las Vegas at 156 miles an hour, drunk. Okay, here's another factor: drunk, and he crashed into a 23 year old woman named Tina Tinter, 
and killed her and her dog. A fiery automobile crash. Uh, obviously, he was charged with multiple felonies, which included uh, DUI, uh, DUI resulting in death, reckless driving. What's interesting about this is he's the, here's here's another young man. We bitch about this all the time. He's got his whole life ahead of him, right? He has his whole life ahead of him. Um, world at his fingertips. More money than I'll ever see in my life. More money than you'll ever see in your life. And he pisses it away. And what really fucked him, he refused, those of you who don't know, he had refused to take a sobriety test at the scene. So, you know, that didn't make it look good. Um, so I guess what's happening now is they're going to use his uh, BAC as evidence and he refused the test and lawyers got involved uh, one of the people involved with the case had said that he was so far injured at, in the accident and transported to the hospital he would have been unable to submit to a field sobriety test uh, but then of course with his you know refusal and whatnot, well Ruggs' lawyer has argued that there was not probable cause for the test to be taken, which were taken two hours after the early morning crash. When they drew his blood, it was .16, which is twice Nevada's legal limit, maybe a little over. Uh, they, his lawyer has argued that the officers on the scene knew they didn't have enough evidence for probable cause. And the environment in the crash wasn't, you know, enough probable cause. I don't fucking know. It's it's a circus. The guy killed a young lady and her dog. He hit them on the strip in Vegas. You know how busy that is. Whether you've been to Vegas or not, everybody's seen pictures and videos of Vegas. The strip's a busy place. Even in the wee hours of the morning, it's a that's a twenty four hour city, much like L.A., Houston, Chicago. L.A., New Orleans, Miami, that's 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 a 24-hour city. It never sleeps. He hit this woman at 156 miles an hour. She was driving a little Toyota RAV4. I want you to think about how big a RAV4 is. That was the car that Teresa Halbach had in Making a Murderer. Okay, my ex-girlfriend drove a RAV4. They're a small car. He hit her so hard, she went sliding 571 feet. They tested at the scene investigate. He hit her. She went 571 feet in a fiery blaze. You know, this kid had his whole life ahead of him. But what about this young lady who was 22 years old? She had her whole life ahead of her, too. You know, this kid come out 12th overall pick in uh, 2019, 2020, something like that. But where'd he come from? NFL University, Alabama. Fucking Roll tied my ass. Uh, but what gets me more is after he was released from the hospital, they released him from custody on a $150,000 bond. And then, of course, the Raiders immediately cut ties with him. Uh, he's on alcohol, house arrest right now. You know, he submits to regular uh, alcohol and drug testing. Uh, he wears an ankle bracelet. But still, how do you let this guy out of prison of jail 
I would have left him in there until trial. That's just me. He's he's waiting a preliminary hearing now, which is scheduled to go down in September, I believe. It was September, October. And, of course, in this hearing, they're going to wait to see whether he will stand trial in st- the state of Nevada. I be- obviously, I think he should stand trial. Um, I mean, he's facing multiple felonies. Now, what he's looking at right now, and this is the justice system so fucked, uh, if convicted... He's facing anywhere from a minimum of two years in prison to a maximum of, I think, 60 years. It's 50 or 60 years, somewhere in that ballpark, based off what I seen uh, the other day. But it's, uh, I don't know what to think about this. I don't see how he's out on bail. And, okay, oh, you know what? Fuck that. Fuck that. Even if he is out on bail. Why was his bail only set at $150,000? This is, uh, I don't know what all the charges are. Vehicular homicide, vehicular manslaughter, whatever. DUI involving a homicide, DUI involving manslaughter, whatever. DUI, reckless driving. He hit this woman in 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. He hit this woman going 156 miles an hour. Sent her little small, it's an SUV. It's a smaller SUV, but it's still an SUV. That's a larger vehicle than a car. He hit her SUV and sent it 571 fucking feet and it exploded and was on fire. I mean, she, if she wasn't already dead, she burned to death. How do you set bail at only $150,000? Are you kidding me? And I love football. I love sports more than anything. But justice has got to be done here. This kid should never... This kid, I guarantee you, even by some miraculous chance, if nothing happens, and here we go with the whole celebrities don't face the same sets of standards that we do. Even if he walk, he'll never play another down in football again. Michael Vick killed dogs. He got a second chance. That's fine. This dude ain't getting a second chance. And he shouldn't. I just baffles me how... He should stay locked up. It's just it's it's fucked. Yeah, I mean it's a clusterfuck. Oh goodness, 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 goodness. And uh, I wish Kurt was here tonight because I I got a little something for him. Uh, one of my favorite running backs the last. Decade was Le'Veon Bell. No, a lot of Steelers fans hate Le'Veon Bell the way he left. I know some Steelers fans that actually hate Le'Veon Bell more than they hate Antonio Brown. But Le'Veon Bell uh, held a press conference uh, a couple days ago where he uh, announced that he is not going to be playing in the NFL this season. Why? He's going to focus on his boxing career. And he's got an upcoming fight at the end of this month in L.A. at the Staples Center. Well, excuse me. The Crypto.com Arena against running back Adrian Peterson. Now, I'm not going to lie. That's something I want to see because I like both of these guys. 
but it, I just wanted to hear Kurt's take on this. The fact that Le'Veon Bell is is uh, Kurt was pissed. Kurt was pissed when I didn't know Kurt back then, but we've talked about it. Kurt was pissed when Le'Veon Bell held out, and then he goes to the Jets, and then where does he go? The Bengals or the Chiefs or bounces around. Le'Veon should have stayed in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh should have gave Le'Veon the money. I think you would have seen a different story. I fucking love. There's not. There's very few running backs I've loved more in the last ten years that's coming in the league than Le'Veon Bell. And that's just me. But uh, I'm excited. The, 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 he's he's thinking about a boxing career now. Uh, I'm interested to see if, how serious he is on this. Now Le'Veon has has said that. This isn't just a one-on celebrity fight. Like he's, you know, he's doing this thing with Peterson. Yeah, it's it's going to gather some press, but he's uh, thinking about um, making a go of this. You know, making this a legitimate thing. Now, Le'Veon's uh, what thirty, thirty-one years old. Played at Michigan State. Good shape. Uh, so, so who knows? Uh, it's, it's, it'll just be interesting to see. Now, Bell last uh, was a uh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Both these guys are free agents. Should somebody come calling? Bell played last season his eighth in the NFL with the Buccaneers. Peterson finished uh, his fifteenth season. He was on injured reserve with the Seahawks, I believe. They're both free agents. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was the last Pro Bowl season was 2017. He rushed for 1,291 yards and nine touchdowns with the Steelers. He held out all of 2018. Signed with the Jets, only to be released midway through the team. And then uh, midway through the season, it should say in 2019 or 2020. And then bounced around to four different teams through the past two seasons. So that was a mouthful. I kind of tongue twister and fucked that all up, didn't I? <laughs> But uh, there's one other, uh, there actually two other things. There's one other NFL thing I wanted to, to break up. Uh, well, a couple things, actually, just depending on what I want to talk about. So, um, we talked, uh, Kurt and I, on one of our past weeknight episodes about a uh, Brett Favre being involved in, in some shit going down in Mississippi with uh, welfare fraud cases and illegal money and all this stuff, right? Well, um, let me see if I can find it here, actually, because I actually want to get this one thoroughly right. Let me, uh, let me look here. So like I said, I don't really have a format. I don't really have notes. I'm literally just sitting here with the laptop at the, uh, this damn old laptop's really put through the paces for me and Kurt. Ah, oh, here it is, right here. So, yeah, so a defendant in this Mississippi welfare fraud case, uh, in her court document said that she directed $1.1 million in welfare money to Brett Favre at the direction of former. Uh, Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant. Bryant, of course, is denying this and, and is in a filing on behalf of the defendant, Nancy New, who, along with her son, 
ran a nonprofit group and an education company based in Mississippi. Now, how this ties in is because uh, Nancy is 69 years old. She pled guilty in April of criminal charges, and her 39-year-old son, Zach, agreed to testify against others in what the state auditor has called Mississippi's largest public corruption case in over 20 years. Uh, her court filing is in a civil case filed by the Mississippi Department of Human Services against the Mississippi Community Education Center, which was once ran by Nancy New and her family. Now, this is a, a several 20, 30-page document. Her attorney says she was acting at the direction of the Mississippi Department of Health Services officials in, in the awarding of various contracts and the allocation of the money. Um, she specifically mentions Governor Phil Bryant regarding $1.1 million paid to Brett Favre in consideration for Favre speaking at events and uh, radio and promotional events and business partner development. Now, a spokesperson for the former governor, since obviously the former governor is clammed up and he's not running his mouth, he's not saying shit, uh, she released a statement to a local Mississippi news outlet saying these allegations made against Governor Bryan are false. Every crime these individuals was discovered and prosecuted as a result of the investigation Bryant requested of the state auditor. Now, the, sta <laughs> the state auditor here is demanding a repayment of, get this, $77 million of misspent welfare funds, including, including the $1.1 million that was paid to Brett Favre. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. 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 Yeah, that's what I say. Now, Brett Favre in this. Favre has not been charged with any criminal wrongdoing. And, of course, Brett being the good guy that he is. Brett has repaid the money. Okay. Thank you, Brett. Now, of course, Favre and his team have alleged that they didn't know the money had received came from welfare funds and has denied the auditor's allegation that he was paid for events he didn't attend. Favre would go on record as stating that his charity has provided millions of dollars to the poor children in Mississippi, where he lives, and in Wisconsin, where he was a star with the Packers. So... Good for Brett. Good for Brett Favre. Everybody loves Brett Favre. Everybody loves Brett Favre. So, pretty much think that's all the news I had. There's a lot of NFL stuff. Actually, there is one other thing I want to br bring up. Um, and it's about the uh, Washington Redskins. The Washington Commanders. Sorry, I just remembered I have a sound pad here and it, they got excited. Um, if I remember, we talked about this. and I don't want to click on the article because I know some of it's just going to be long. Uh, 
I guess okay. We this is another thing we've talked about, man. We we get a lot to talk about in these weeknight episodes. We accomplish a lot, two of us. Uh, Snyder's attorney rejected the House of Oversight Committee's uh, wanted him to testify under subpoena Uh, um, basically their claims were baseless what the testing is about is uh, we talked about this a few months back of course I keep saying that but back in October the United States Congress started investigating Daniel Snyder and the Washington Commander's workplace culture, including uh, claims of sexual misconduct. Uh, And this is based because back last summer, a year ago, the NFL concluded an investigation and fined the Washington Commander's franchise $10 million. Uh, Congress opened the investigation because complaints of a lack of transparency by the NFL... And it's just a mess and just political stuff. But I just, uh, you know, Snyder's not going to testify, I guess, for now. And we'll see how that goes. But is that all the NFL? Holy shit. I don't, like I said, I don't really have a format, but. The only thing I'd talk about is I think, uh, well, maybe not. I'm going to take a quick break and you'll never even notice I'm gone. Okay, sorry about that. You want to hear the worst sound in the world? Oh. This this is the worst sound in the world. And your work phone's going zzzz. Judy calls how to take that. But anyways, uh... One other thing I want to talk about, just because uh, we don't do a lot of like tennis and soccer, but I just think the, the Godfathers are cool. Guys like Federer and Djokovic. Uh, Novak, no, Novak, Novak Djokovic won his fourth consecutive Wim, uh, Wimbledon title, uh, and that should be his sixth or seventh overall, I do believe. Uh, that went down this weekend, and the only reason I bring that up is because um, Djokovic has said that he does not plan to receive the COVID-19 vax, so he will not be playing in the U.S. Open unless the restrictions to enter the country or ease or he is given a medical exemption. Djokovic is one of the many professional athletes across all walks of, of not just one of the many global professional athletes because there are out there that has consistently stated he will not get a COVID-19 vaccine. He does not believe in them uh, and he doesn't care how it affects his professional life. If he has to miss things, um, he'll miss them. He's 35. Uh, he won't be able to play in Australia next year as he's not eligible for a visa. Um, he's basically setting out the U.S. Open. He won uh, 
all three of the first majors last year. Uh, did not get the Grand Slam, though, because he was spoiled in last year's U.S. Open. He was unable to play in the Australian Open to begin this year. Uh, if you remember in the news, he got deported from the country. So, the U.S. Open set to play, uh, set to start, uh, should be the end of next month, I do believe. So, there's that. What else we got? I really should have. I literally did this on a whim. There was no prep in this, so I'm literally sitting at the computer just looking at ESPN and just seeing if anything pops. Anything hockey-wise? Oh, there was something hockey-wise. Because we talked about it in our one of our very first weeknight episodes. And that would be the trade... I wonder if I can even see anything on the trade here. They were, I mean, it literally just happened the other day. And I'm not seeing anything about it now. What the hell? The flurry trade. Or was it? Yeah, that's not. Anyways, flurry's on his way. I think he went to Minnesota now. So. Anything else? There's a lot. Of, I mean, if I really wanted to get into it, we could do a whole episode just based on NHL free agency right now because shit is going bonkers here. Let's get into baseball because we're about midway through the season. We're getting close to the fall uh, midsummer classic. Is there anything popping in uh, Major League Baseball news? <laughs> I don't really see anything. I don't really see anything extremely newsworthy. Mm, let's check the standings, though. Give you guys an update of what's going on. In Major League Baseball. So, top of the AL East, the Yankees are sitting at 62 and 26. The top of the AL Centro, the Twins, 49 and 41. Ooh. That gives you an idea how bad the American League Central Division is right now. Kansas City Royals are in the basement at 35-53. Detroit Tigers are 37-52. Chicago White Sox, 43-45. The Cleveland Indians, 43-44. Oh, Cleveland Guardians. Son of a bitch. And the Twins, that's how bad that division is right now. Uh, and at the top of the AL West is the Astros, 57-30, looking super, super good. Uh... And it looks like the Yankees have the top record in all of baseball. Wow. Uh, top of the NL East, the New York Metropolitans at 55 and 34. My Phillies are uh, third, 46 and 43. Ouch, ouch, ouch. 
atop of the NL Central. This is a good one, and since so many people in Indiana are fans of these, let's go ahead and break this down. Atop the NL Central, the Milwaukee Brewers at 49 and 40. Second, pl- second place, the St. Louis Cardinals at 48 43. Pittsburgh Pirates at third place, 38 and 52. Fourth place, the Chicago Cubbies with a 34 and 54 record. And in the basement of that division, Cincinnati Reds, 33 and 35. And then Kurt will be very happy to know this. And top of the NL West, the Dodgers. The Dodgers at 57 and 30. And right now, the two longest win streaks in baseball are held by the second place AL West Seattle Mariners, who have won 10 straight, currently set at 47 and 42. And the Baltimore Orioles, who are in the basement of the AL East. With 10 straight wins at 45 and 44. Now, the longest losing streak in baseball right now, uh, we have another two, we have another two way tie. The Washington Nationals in the bottom of my NL East division, they've lost six straight at 30 and 60. And in fourth place, uh, the NL Central, the Cubbies again, 34, they've lost six straight. Those are the, you know, Longest winning and losing streaks right now. This is when shit really gets good. You get to the midway point of the Major League Baseball season. Um, so, yeah. And as we all start to build towards that fall classic. I love the All-Star break. I love the All-Star game. One of my... Uh, yeah, I was going to talk about the All-Star game from uh, nine years ago, but, I mean, it's not really relevant, so I don't know why I brought it up. So, we'll just skip that. Wish I had my co-host here, but uh, I didn't. we didn't actually set anything up. Hey, you can't be calling me while I'm podcasting. It just doesn't work. It don't work for me, brother. I guess I should talk about the Brittany Griner thing, but I don't really want to. Uh, I can't stand Brittany Griner. Maybe I should edit that out. People say I just. I think she's an ass. I think she's an arrogant, pompous ass. It's, uh, I'm sure somehow I'll find a way to twist that to make that about color or sexual orientation or not. She's a hell of an athlete. Uh, I, one of my one of the one of my uh, one of the best games I've ever watched basketball wise was the uh, women's NCAA championship game, Notre Dame against Baylor. Skylar Diggins and Griner. Brittany Griner's a hell of an athlete. Brittany Griner's a talented athlete. Uh, I just think she's an arrogant asshole, and that's my opinion. And if I lose a couple follows over calling somebody an arrogant asshole, well then, sweetheart, you're listening to the wrong podcast because you're always going to have people that give opinions like that. She's a hell of an athlete, and she's a great athlete. It's got nothing to do with color. It's got nothing to do with sexual orientation. It's got nothing to do with that. I just think she's a bit of an ass. And she beat the shit out of her wife. I mean, beat the shit out of her wife. 
Uh, but let's talk about her coming home. She's detained in Russia, and her coach questioned, you know, if this was LeBron, she would have been home. Uh, they're throwing LeBron under the bus because LeBron appeared on a show earlier this week or last week and made a couple comments about it. Now people are throwing LeBron under the bus and it's just a circle. And I, I'm not getting into it. You want to talk about Brittany Griner? Go listen to another show. I don't really have anything I want to say about it. Uh, man, that's the longest I've ever went on this little thing here. Um, what else? Uh, I'm putting this a trailer episode together, which kind of defeats the point because, as I mentioned on the last episode, uh, Doyle is going to be joining the podcast. Uh, it is official. Uh, I actually need to text him. Uh, Kurt's a good friend. Um, Doyle is coming on board. Uh, he's already got a laundry list of ideas, but, uh, I, I, Basically, what I did was I I wanted a trailer episode because on Spotify, uh, I can mark an episode as a trailer, and then actually through Podbean, I can release an episode as a trailer. So, And what I wanted to do, because I was lazy and I was bored, I went through and ripped uh, one of our... We've had, we've had two or three different show openings for... Uh, we've used things for an open, but as far as like us talking over pre-recorded... Uh, instrumentals there's only been three or four of those I took one we used about three or four episodes and I and I never saved the file originally so I had an upload an old podcast episode cut out the entire half of the podcast open a new file and copy that over to here and save it as the old open and that's going to be our trailer episode That's uh, I'm going to try to release that later tonight it's just, it's just a five minute show open where we talk about some sports things and some non-sports things. It was just literally a back-and-forth script read open, which, again, if I was more technologically sound and I wasn't so lazy, I could literally go through and just upload a shitload of episodes and splice content from these episodes and make a legitimate show open. But I don't... It's so much work. So much work to do that. Maybe five years from now, if this podcast really takes off, a few people continue to support us and like us, uh, maybe I'll have a fancy production guy I can hire for a hundred bucks an episode and he'll do it for us. But for now, this is what we got. I literally type up shit on a piece of paper. Kurt reads it. I read it. We go back and forth prompting each other. And that's our show open. So I'll upload that sometime and mark it as a trailer that way people check it uh yeah there is uh something else that i uh discovered uh this morning while i was um I don't know. Doing some private think time, you know. On my golden throne TMI, sorry. 
but it's it's a it's it's an interesting story. Uh, and we're gonna go across the pond, and I gotta wrap this up because I've only got twenty seven minutes left of audio. Uh, Mo Farah. For those of you who don't, we gotta go across the pond and learn it. For those of you who don't know, Mo Farah is a British long distance runner. He's won like ten world championships. He's uh, he's probably one of the most successful British athletes of all time. He's an Olympic four time Olympic champion. Well, London PD is opening an investigation after Ferris come out saying that he was illegally trafficked into the United Kingdom as a child. Now, Ferris, 39 years old, uh, there was a documentary produced by BBC and Red Bull Studios that followed Ferris around. He said that a woman he didn't know brought him to the United Kingdom when he was about eight years old, and she forced him basically to care for her children. He said he wasn't allowed to go to public school until he was 12, 13 years old. He said his real name is Hussein Abidi Kaneem pronounce that right maybe or maybe it's a BD con but he said he was brought to britain using fake travel documents that included his picture alongside the name mohammed farah now obviously i mean he won four olympic gold medals for britain under mohammed this mohammed farah name he was even knighted by queen elizabeth okay so now according to london pd they said we're aware of reports coming in concerning sir mo farah no reports have been made to us at this time, but specialist officers have now opened an investigation and are currently assessing the available information. Now, Farah has come out and stated that he moved to Britain with his parents as a refugee from Somalia. But in the documentary that came out, he said that his parents never made it to the UK. His father was killed in a gunfight in Somalia when he was four years old. His mother and his two brothers live on a family farm in Somalia. Uh, so he said in the documentary that physical education teacher Alan Watkinson helped him obtain UK citizenship under the name Farah. That was in the documentary. Now, the British government has come out saying that it won't take action against Farah for any potential violation of immigration laws because he was a child at the time. Uh, but Farrah's one on record saying that he's proud to have represented Britain as an athlete, but that his proudest achievement will always be being a husband and father to his family first. He said he made the documentary for them so they could understand more about the experience that led them into becoming the family that they are every day. Uh, he said that not every child will have the easiest start in life, but it doesn't mean they can't go on to achieve their dreams. Now, with all the human and sexual trafficking stuff going on in the world these days and this has exploded in the last 20 years uh, this is bound to turn a couple heads so keep your eye on that I find I find it fascinating as fuck I really do that this if, if, if it's if it is honest to God legitimate this child was illegally trafficked into a country when he was eight when he was eight years old and then given a, a fake name and under that fake name would go on to win multiple world championships and four fucking olympic medals and be knighted 
I mean, that's a fascinating story any way you slice it. So. Well, hold that. Hold that. As I just said that, uh, I just seen something click here on ESPN. I clicked it. I guess this is already pretty much a done case now because uh, this is an update to the story. Uh, the Again, legally, as with any country, uh, the United Kingdom can revoke the citizenship if it's illegally obtained. But he was a child when this happened. So the whole, uh, a, a, a home office official, Department of Home Security, however, whatever they call them over there across the pond, they've said that they're not going to, to do anything like that because he was a child and citizenship does nothing with a child. They, they don't get to choose these things. So I guess that's pretty much a done case. But wow, what a story. Like what what a story. Um So yeah. I think I need to probably start to wrap it up here now. One other thing I wanted to cover, but that would take up more than half the episode and I don't have that much tape left like I said on on these super remote episodes where they're done on my phone I've only got an hour and a half of uh, record time I mean I could break it into two parts but I'm too lazy and I've only got 20 minutes left to go on this and and that's talking about the college football thing that and specifically uh, a few things uh, the biggest being the the um, the mega conferences the the relocation thing uh texas tech's got a new 200 million dollar uh renovation going on to their stadium at texas tech uh but the the biggest thing and that will be maybe the next time we do an episode i'll i'll break into that a little more but uh it's just crazy to me that usc and ucla and I've, I've long since made the statement that the, the, the 33rd team in the National Football League has always been USC. And I believe that. But there's no reason that these two Los Angeles-based... USC is in L.A., right? Or it's just outside of L.A.? Anyways, there's, there's no reason that these two big should be moving to the Big Ten Conference. Like, I... <laughs> I am not a fan of any of these conference relocation things. I have not been. No, it's geography-based. That's the way it needs to fucking stay. That's my opinion. Everybody can have their own opinion. I I am nothing. I am just an idiot that has a small-time podcast that talks shit on it with one of his best friends, his co-host. But this this conference relocation thing that's that's ongoing, it's... uh, I have no idea. So. I have no idea. That is definitely something that uh, I need to, uh, the next time we do an episode, or I could just do a bonus episode about that, because I have, I have a lot to get off my chest about that, and I have a lot to say about it. I don't really think there's anything else. I mean, I could talk a little golf. I don't really feel like talking golf. Um. So, let me take a brief pause here, gather my notes, and then we'll shut her down. All right, so, 
that was code for I had to pee again, TMI, but whatever. Kurt's not here to act as my buffer. So, yeah, so uh, I think that's something I want to do. Uh, I need to do a bonus episode or another episode by myself, just the solo files here where unless Kurt wants to be more, uh, on board with that where we talk about uh, the college football thing, and we're getting ready to enter into college football season here anyway, so that'll be good. We have yet to do a college football episode of any kind. That would be really good to do. And then uh, I think I'm going to do another episode more about uh, – and until I get the pro wrestling podcast launched, I might do it on here. I, I want to do a little bit more about this Vince McMahon story and what's going on with WWE. Uh, again, this this story has so many legs attached to it. I mean, it could run the Boston Marathon twice over. But uh, – you know, like I said, his his daughter Stephanie has taken over the CEO role. Vince is still in charge of creative, which uh, he's not the face of the company when he's doing creative. Well, I guess he is because, you know, he's responsible for what gets put on TV, what you see him creating. But uh, it, it's pretty much, I think, a, a lot of people are going to want him to just completely step away from the company and leave it to his daughter, his son, and his son-in-law, who's uh, one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time, Triple H. But that remains to be seen. But I, I don't know what's going on. I would love I would love to, uh, you know, when I die, I always believe when you die, you get to heaven, you know, like in my vision, you get asked like, oh, is there any certain thing from life that you wish you could have seen or relive? And I'll be like, and there's always a laundry list of things. But I think one of my new things now is, can, I, can you take me back to that, you know, end of June, July, that one month period in WWE? Can I and I could just sit in the in the offices at Titan Towers in Stamford, Connecticut, and, and just see what the fuck is going on. I would love to be a fly on the wall. My word. But all right, guys, that's enough rambling here. This was a uh, a uh, solo episode, a bonus episode. We I oh, fuck it. I'll just call it Weeknight Chronicles. That's it. A a a solo Jared edition of the Weeknight Chronicles. So. Uh, thank you guys for uh, for allowing me to bend your ear for an hour and 15 minutes here. Um, again, I appreciate everything you guys do for us, uh, all the downloads. Uh, again, even if you're not sharing the podcast or passing mention of it along, I do appreciate the, uh, the, the frequent patronage here. So uh, for Kirk Kelly, for Ethan Doyle, uh, I'm Jared Atkins. And uh, make sure you look for us. Uh, make sure you look for us this weekend, guys. Sunday or uh, maybe Monday, just depending on when it gets uploaded. Uh, as we will have our uh, next full-length episode to you, uh, Super Bowl mystery. I guess that's what we'll call it. Because you guys, I know what number it's going to be, but I want to tell you guys. And uh, I hope you guys look forward to that. Uh, hope you guys are doing great, and thank you guys very much. We thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards presented to you by Jared Atkins, Ethan Doyle, and Kurt Kelly. Like us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. We thank you for your patronage.